Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, this is a big day. Today is New Hampshire, and uh, we're going to have first reports from New Hampshire. Uh, we're going to have Brian Kilmaid. Uh, I understand Rudy Giuliani is going to be calling in. And, and the polls uh, are closing, and John, the polls very are closing soon. in a couple of hours. So I, we have a pollster uh, that's uh, calling in. Uh, I had dinner with him last night uh, along with uh, uh, our uh, – Chairman of the Ways and Means yep, Committee. Yep, Jason Smith, yep. And by uh, the way, British guy, which is interesting to get his perspective. And a British guy that uh, might be an honest poster. Well, you know what? Those British guys always have a great accent. They always like they always sound like they know what they're talking about. Well, don't he you says, think, you know? <laughs> last night he said to us, Trump is going to win. You sitting down? By how much? 40 points. Wow. Wow. Do we get like so a fish see, and chips? Let's see if, if we win. British... British are good. Then we'll find out. Maybe we get, by the way, sad day uh, today, John, in the uh, news departments across the country. Uh, Charles Osgood, who um, obviously legendary CBS Sunday morning host, uh, radio host, died at the age of 91. What an amazing life. And I just want to say personally, when I first interned in the business for CBS News in the 1980s, Charles wrote my first letter of recommendation. I have seen him through the decades. He has always been a gentleman. Yeah. And whenever I got big promotions, he would always call me or write me. That's what a class act and he was. I, I class, spoke to, class man. What I a spoke great to guy. Senator Blackburn, and she's calling in later yeah, I on. I can't wait. About the border, about John. The border. She is mad as heck about the border. By the way, the border, everybody, is the big issue. Uh, there have been new polls that came out. It was the number one issue in Iowa, and it is the number one issue in New Hampshire because, John, they're worried. Not just about the southern border, they're worried about the northern border. That northern border with Canada, that is a big border. It's a big, big, big. big. And speaking of migrants, Judge, you and I were talking, this is one for the record books. Um, first of all, Chicago, there are some people, there are African Americans who are filing suit against the city of Chicago saying they feel like second class citizens to the migrants. And now there's a suburb, there's a city councilman in Naperville, which is right outside. Chicago. And what does he want to do? He says, you know what? Uh, why don't we, people in the community have open hearts, it sounds like Eric Adams. And maybe we should take these migrants in your homes. And there's, a sign up, there's a sign up sheet for that? Uh, yeah. Are you going to sign up? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? I, I understand we have uh, our friend Brian Kilmeade calling in. Yeah, Brian Kilmeade is right there on the ground in New Hampshire. And Brian, uh, we're so glad you're joining us. You are right in the thick of it. You also spent time with former President Trump last night. Uh, fill us in on just what's going on in the ground there in New Hampshire, my friend. First out, with with the, thanks so much for having me on, uh, guys. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm right across the way, and that which coming to Fox Square here every we rented a bunch of these townhouses, a little Bedford community, and every house has been turned into a studio. Um, but a couple of things. You just guys alerted me to a business opportunity. My son's at law school in Tulane. Why can't I make some money on his bedroom? Why can't I, why can't I not open up? I mean, he's got it's in great shape. My other daughter's in Australia studying. Why can't I make some money while she's gone and we'll keep it our secret? I would even tell them. Here's that, the problem, that, Brian. That Billy from Venezuela is going to And you get rid of them. And they're the mostly single adult yeah, males. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. and we don't know about their criminal records. Is that a problem? And Brian, okay. they're leaving. They're I'm going to take that then. back. I'm going to take that back. 
that back. <laughs> but I will say this. Isn't it amazing that if I told you in 2016 the number one issue in America was going to be illegal immigration? Oh, well, that's, you know, well, to some people, the border's an issue. Uh, it would probably be top five. Now it's the first issue in New Hampshire, Iowa, and in America. I'm talking to Dean Phillips today, and he said, you know, I didn't realize it until I started getting out and talking to people. You know, he's the Minnesota congressman on the Democratic side. I didn't realize what immigration meant. He goes, on my own, I decided to go down to the – couldn't get anybody to go with me to go down to the border. And it's just – he says, I'm traumatized by what I was seeing. And then to see the Supreme Court rule against Texas, and now the Border Patrol is cutting away the razor wire that was stopping people from pouring into Eagle Pass. And now they're just basically saying, ole, come right in, come one, come all. It is insane what we're doing here. It is. Uh, it is insane. And uh, Governor Abbott wants to protect his constituents. I mean, how can how can everybody say to them, you can't protect your constituents? You, you, you have an invasion. There's no other way to say it. It's an invasion of Texas. Yeah, in their community. And they're right there on the front lines, John. I mean, that's the issue, too. I mean, if they're not going to protect themselves, what, are you going to trust Biden? Give me a break. Well, it's a total abdication of responsibility by the federal government. And Abbott's trying to fill in that gap. The Supreme Court technically, as a matter of the Supremacy Clause, is right. But as a matter of public policy, they should allow Texas to do it. Yeah. If they you're derelict to... in your duty, it Judge. You know? He took an oath of office, our president, to protect and defend this country, and he's failed to do that. Yeah, absolutely. No wonder. Uh, by the way, there is a hearing now I saw for Mayorkas, a vote, whether to impeach or not. It's tentatively scheduled for I mean, January 31st. You know, it's not going to go anywhere. Votes don't go anywhere. It's a waste of time. I think I I heard you say that the other day, Brian. John, I understand the sentiment, but you got to be practical. I mean, they, you don't go anywhere in business. Well, I wish things were one way. Well, if you're going to do business in New York City, these are the permits. This is what you have to do. They're in power. They don't impeach. They don't have the numbers to impeach anyone. They have a one or two seat advantage. If they lose the Santos seat, Scalise is uh, fighting for his life, sadly, uh, with a uh, Well, Brian, surgery. you know what happened? Where every time WABC talked about uh, the uh, the seat, the Santos seat. Yeah, the Mozzie, versus, right? With Mozzie yeah, Pillup. Yeah, yeah. Mozzie versus Swazi. Guess what? Instagram threw us off. Are you kidding? Isn't I am that amazing? Kidding. And uh, we had the Ways and Means uh, uh, chairman here yesterday. We had Jason Smith. We told him about it. He was shocked. And and, and guess what? This morning. They, they put us on, and this morning they threw us off again. Oh, I didn't realize they threw you yes. back. Oh, that's amazing. Isn't that incredible? You know what I think and, and of? Wait, wait. What's I, even more what? incredible, and this it was even more incredible uh, when they're talking to our lawyer is talking to the lawyer at, at uh, Facebook or whatever. They, yeah, Instagram, Instagram. Instagram, yeah. You know, they say, oh, it's artificial intelligence through you. Right. AI is like as good as what you put in. And and you know what, Brian? What? It reminds me. They said it. It reminds wow. you of the Hunter Biden. Uh, Brian, Isn't I will that send interesting? You, I will send you the interview. You listen to it later when you can't sleep at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, he's with, awake uh, at 3. He's awake at 3. He he's the morning guy. Yeah, he's talking to Morano at 4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, a couple of things. It's a one or two point race. And WABC can absolutely make a difference in that race. Uh, and 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 because you have Democrats and Republicans on, and uh, you make news, you don't you don't uh, you don't promote parties. seventy almost sixty five or seventy percent of Nassau County listens to WABC. 
Not a hundred percent. Wait a minute. No, no. All right, we got to work on that. A lot of money in that yeah, race too. Yeah, the money is just pouring in. But how dare a, a social media platform after everything that's happened, Brian? Can you believe Takes that? Takes a major network you know? and throws us off. That's outrageous. You know what that means? Censorship is alive and well in this country. Yeah, and so rem- much and for the first amendment. You heard what I said. It reminds me of the Hunter Biden case because right before the the election, of course. Oh, what Hunter Biden story? They wiped off the New York Post. You can't start wiping off. They did wipe off the New York Post at that time. That's what I'm saying. Remember that, Brian? This is deja vu. Yeah, I mean, we do. We was was still doing. We're dealing with that situation now. And now the new the new spin on that is well, it was only for a short period of time. It was no big deal. Are you? kidding me you knocked kaylee mcenany the press secretary and froze her account you stopped the new york post account and then you said well all you have to do is just delete the the delete the uh tweet and they're like we're not going to delete the tweet about the cover of our newspaper that talked about the laptop and that went on until the election was over we didn't know about we didn't get it confirmed what we all knew until about four months after the election and and this morning's letter from instagram was we're deleting your account not we're suspending your Okay. That's outrageous, John. That is outrageous. Well, we're back on again. Right Good. Now. And Brian, before we let you go, give us a sense of what's on the ground. You talked to the former right. president, former President Trump last night. So tell us all about that and where yeah. you think the race is headed. You're right there in New Hampshire. Well, here's my observation. He is very focused and it's not uh, boisterous. I was struck by, number one, how much weight he lost. Number two, how measured he was. It was almost like the calm before the fight. And I've never seen him. I've seen him fly off the handle. Last time I saw him was at West Point Army-Navy game uh, before he actually left office. And this is the first time I've seen him since. And he he also uh, made it pretty clear. And you know how you tell, especially you, John, with your business background, if uh, if this is a smooth-running company? I could not believe how everyone had a function, how they knew where to be, the coordination from the press to uh, his security, to the speech, to review the time in which he was supposed to review the teleprompter, to the pronunciations on some things that he had to deal with, like certain people's first names and go out. He's dead serious about it. And then I talked to Doug Bergram and I said, Doug, you know, you so you have a different approach to business. You have a, a, a lot more. You have probably have more success than the president. He goes, Brian. The way he runs his operation, I could not be more impressed. Number one, I've been on this plane five times. All he does is read and organize. He's reviewing his tapes, understanding what lines are hitting and what aren't. And everybody, not a drink on that flight. He goes, people eat, but it's quiet. Everyone's got a job. I never remember a machine like this. He's never had this type of support staff. And that's what I noticed. And he wants to knock out now. He's already just hoping uh, that he gets a double-digit win, and the guys explained it to me. There is no passage for victory, even if she does win. South Carolina and Nevada are going to go all Trump, and Super Tuesday has no victories. But if she does win today, she will fight another day. And when I brought up to her on the couch this morning, yeah, what did uh, she say? She, she went off. She says, you guys just want Trump to win. You guys aren't going to tell the truth, regardless of the numbers that come out. I mean, the accusations that we're not going to tell the truth about results. I mean, what are you kidding me? Then Trump tweeted out with a bird brain network. The bird brain network, that's his nickname for Nikki Haley. How can that be? And DeSantis blamed the media for, uh, for covering up for Trump's faults. Someone tell Trump that. Well, you know what you know what it says, Brian. It says that boy, the stakes could not be higher. Like you know, I mean, like the fact that you're getting it when when you're getting it from both sides. If Instagram (laughs) is throwing us off, then the stakes are getting high. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, thank you, Brian.
And we'll Thanks, catch guys. up with you Brian, later. Brian, thank, thank you. you. Awesome. Thank you. Go get him. And thank now you. I understand we have... Uh, Yep. Alan Dershowitz? Yep, we have Professor Alan Dershowitz. Of course, he has his awesome book, The War Against the Jews. Professor Dershowitz, I, I actually had to, like, shake my head. This guy, this is this Robert Malley guy um, who was a U.S. special envoy for Iran under President Biden. Remember, they moved him. I don't sure. know if you saw yeah. this. Can you believe this? He is now going to be teaching a course entitled Contending with Israel-Palestine. Like at Yale, like didn't these universities learn anything from what happened on Capitol Hill? Yeah, what they learned is to double down and do it more because otherwise they're going to get it from their loud, very loud left wing students. And so what we're seeing is the Hamasization of universities. I mean, uh, this guy is uh, a real problem. Uh, he's been a problem from the Obama administration on. And he has been always the anti-Israel voice in every administration. And so he fits in perfectly at uh, Yale. Um, Yale is now in the process of picking its new president. And it seems to be favoring somebody who looks like, uh, in every way except race, uh, the failed president of Harvard. So, you know, we have such a serious problem in our universities uh, today uh, they are becoming training grounds for anti-American, anti-Israel, and in some respects, anti-Semitic students who are going to be our future leaders. And we have to fight back. And thank God for some alumni and some people who are running now to be members of the corporations to try to set these universities straight, because uh, it can't continue this way. Otherwise, the new McCarthyism, which we're seeing on universities, is going to become the new Americanism in the future. Yeah, you're right. And that's what, you know, what is so troubling that. And then I also look at even some of these members of the progressive members in Congress. There was a report, Jamal Bowman, the famous guy who pulls the, uh, the fire alarm, remember <laughs> that whole deal? Yeah. Uh, he was at an event the other day with this guy, yeah. Norman Finkelstein, who yeah. on October 7th said it was a heroic resistance in Gaza. And he's like embracing him, telling him he's his mentor. I mean, to me, after all this attention, they're still coddling people like this? No, it's worse than that. Norman Finkelstein is an out-and-out anti-Semite and Holocaust minimizer. He um, said on October 7th that it warms every part of his heart to see, finally, that the Israelis are getting what's coming to them. He's talking about rapes, beheadings, murders, burning alive. And here's a man who is supporting it and favoring it. And you have this anti-Semitic congressman, and that's what he is. Let there be no mistake about it. He is an anti-Semite who is a member of Congress who has been associated with a kind of, you know, hard left neo-Nazism uh, of Norman Finkelstein. And there's no excuse for it. And he has to be defeated. I'm going up there um, uh, when I get back to New York to campaign against him. Um, he's on my list. You know, I've said I will support any Republican who runs, even though I'm a Democrat, I'll support any Republican who runs against these squad members, these anti-Semites, these people who uh, can't see anything good about uh, Israel. We have to defeat them. Democrats have to defeat them in the primaries, and then the general public has to defeat them in the general elections. These people should not be members of Congress. Alan, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. Good to talk to you again. I'm very Hi, concerned sir. about the, the effort that's going on through the United Nations and the European Union uh, trying to force a two-state solution 
on Israel. And what's going to happen is there's be a breach between the United States and Israel because of this, because Netanyahu cannot go along with this. What say you? Look, first of all, there is a two-state solution in existence right now in the Middle East. There's a city called Ramallah. Everybody ought to go there. It should be on everybody's uh, tourist list. I've been there Ramallah a couple times. Beautiful city. There are no Israeli police. There are no Israeli soldiers. It is the Palestinian state. It's a small state. But Israel has said, if you want to set up a city, you want to self-govern, you want to elect your own mayors, you want to do everything you want to do to have independence— we're going to let you do that. Just don't send terrorists after us. And any city on the West Bank and in the future in Gaza that wants to set itself up as a peaceful ally of Israel can have independence. That is the two-state solution. But, but nobody's talking about that, Alan. Running a state. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And by the way, uh, did you see Professor Dershowitz the other day? Uh, one of these Hamas figures came out and said, you know what, this two-state solution ain't going to work because our ideal is to demolish Israel. I mean, he, they're blatantly saying there's no transition with Hamas. We know it. But uh, why doesn't the Biden administration get this? Well, it's true of the uh, Palestinian Authority, too. I sat with the head of the Palestinian Authority. I sat with him in Washington, D.C., the president of the Palestinian Authority, Abbas. And I said to him, you see this telephone? If you tell me right now you recognize Israel as the nation state of the Jewish people, I will call my friend Benjamin Netanyahu, put him on the phone with you, and we have a step toward the two-state solution. He looked me in the eye and he said, I can't say that. Sorry, I can't say that. He can't recognize Israel as the nation state of the Jewish people. This is personal. I was there with him, with Saeed Arkot and with uh, Abbas, and he refused to say that he would recognize Israel as the nation state of the Jewish people. So you can't have a two-state solution that's one-sided. Remember, also, Palestinians were given a state in 1948 by the U.N. They could have had one in 67. They could have had one in 94. They could have had one in 2000, 2001. They could have had one in 2008. Could have had one in Gaza in 2005. And they've said no every time. So don't blame it on Israel for not having a two-state solution. The Palestinians are the ones that didn't want it. Uh, I understand, Rita, that you were concerned the other day that uh – uh, foreign uh, nations uh, influencing our elections? Yeah, there were a couple different reports, and there was one with um, Qatar and a couple others talking about influencing sort of the disinformation campaign. I have no doubt about that. Uh, look, the Soviet Union, before it was Russia, was always trying to influence American elections, trying to influence American politics, trying to infiltrate the NAACP and other organizations. Now, uh, of course, we're seeing these uh, countries infiltrating the protests, supporting many of the protests that we're seeing today uh, on campuses and other places. And, of course, they want to influence elections. There's no doubt about that. They want to have people like Mali in power so that uh, the Iranians can laugh all their way to the bank, which is what they're doing. Uh, They're becoming richer and richer with oil revenues and with uh, money that now they're allowed to have and spend. And where do you think they're spending it? They're spending it on giving money to Hamas to build tunnels and giving money to Hezbollah to build rockets. And and the Houthis. The Houthis. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the head of the snake. And it's really the head of the octopus. The snakes only have, you know, one direction. The octopus has tentacles all over the world. And that's what, what Iran is doing. And, yes, there are foreign uh, influences on the election. I have no doubt about that.
two points, Alan. Number one, they're targeting particular elected officials or potential elected officials in our elections, like Senator Cruz, who challenges Hamas's uh, legitimacy yeah. and moral compass. That's number one. And the reports about Qatar funding that. And number, I know that about it, yeah. And number two, you have a situation where Iran's actions are leading to the establishment throughout the Middle East of narco states through their uh, subsidiaries. Do you know about well, that? Not only, not, not only narco states, but uh, I think we're seeing uh, sex trafficking is also a weapon that is being used. Anything that makes money, anything that destabilizes democracies, um, uh, I'm sure they're also involved in cross-border actions. I'm sure they're trying to infiltrate the United States through the southern border, the northern border. We already know that there have been cells in Europe. It's coming to a theater near you unless it's stopped. And the only way to stop it is to stop Iran. And and right now the American policy is is against regime change. They could have had regime change during the Obama administration, and they missed an opportunity. Yeah, they didn't want it. Uh, John? I Well, the other thing that I was uh, uh, talking about is 85,000 kids. Robert Yunanaway. Bob Yunanaway was here last week. Yeah, with Goya. And 85,000 kids that somebody brought over the border have disappeared. Nobody knows where those 85,000 kids wow. are. Wow. Wow. No, look, we, I think finally the Democrats are saying to themselves, we have to deal with this uh, border issue. Otherwise, we're going to lose the election. And I think we're going to see some movement on the part of at least some Democrats to achieve border security. I, uh, we've already heard it from um, from people at the top of the party. So yeah, I think it's going to become a national issue. But obviously, the Republicans have been on the forefront of that issue now for years. Yeah. And Democrats should do it not because of politics, well, because it's a, the a right break. thing. Absolutely. Thank you, Professor. Yeah. Thank Always you so much. Thank you, Professor. Always I enjoy talking to you. Thank, thank you. you. Let's take a break. Uh, and we're going to come right back right after that with our uh, new pollster, James Johnson from Great Britain. He's in the United States now. And he's got some interesting facts for us. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back. And uh, with us today, uh, uh, freshly in from Great Britain, uh, is uh, James Johnson. And we had uh, dinner last night, and and he had some big news last night at dinner, and... uh, 
Well, let's find out if uh, – Rita, tell us about him. Yeah, James is, by the way, he is a senior – he's with uh, the Senior Opinion Research and Strategy Advisor to Prime Minister Theresa May, certainly a very accomplished guy. Uh, also, he was part of the Conservative Party there and has done a lot of huge polls. Uh, James Johnson uh, – it's really always interesting to get uh, everybody's take. Obviously, you're here in the States, but you're getting the sense also from the world. Uh, tell us where you think things are going, especially with New Hampshire, and obviously all eyes around the world tonight on that. Well, we finished our final poll of New Hampshire, my firm, Jail Partners, last night, and we're saying it's going to be a 20-point lead for Trump. We've got Trump at 57%. To Nikki Haley's 37%. And I have to say, there was quite a dramatic uh, surge in Trump's numbers yesterday. Um, in just the field, what we did yesterday, Trump was actually ahead by an astonishing 40 points. Now, uh, we've obviously had to mix that with the rest of the poll sample, um, which puts him at 20 overall. But it looks like after DeSantis dropping out, Trump is going into uh, uh, New Hampshire in a very strong position indeed. Now, what do you make the fact that obviously he seems to be uh, moving away in, in a positive way for the president, for President Trump? Is it the DeSantis voters? Is something else happening that's sort of adding to that, James? Yeah, so New Hampshire is a really interesting race because obviously you can vote in it if you're an undeclared voter as well as a registered Republican. And there's no doubt that Nikki Haley does better with the undeclareds. Donald Trump does better with the Republicans. Um, but I think there's a couple of things going on. I think he shored up some support amongst Republicans from DeSantis voters and from Ramaswamy voters. When you ask people you know, who back Ramaswamy, who back Ron DeSantis, who their second choice was, it was often very heavily Trump. But I think there's something else going on. I think there's a, a smell of inevitability in the air now. I think a lot of people, they're seeing these polls, they're seeing the general read, they're seeing the Trump rallies, um, they're seeing people drop out. And I think they're starting to coalesce around him becoming the nominee. And rather than that making people complacent, I think that's energizing the Trump voters to come out today. Yeah. And what about Nikki Haley? You know, what's interesting. Um, she is really taking swipes um, saying, I am conservative. That's her answer. But a lot of the money is coming from, you know, big Democratic donors. Uh, Reid Hoffman, who is one of the biggest donors to her. Does it seem like that's sticking to her among especially Republican voters? And could that also help pull some of the independents to that point? Because New Hampshire is an open primary. I think that's right. I mean, really, New Hampshire is a sort of ideal state for Nikki Haley. Um, it's one where more independents can vote. It's one where, you know, Democrats, if they're undeclared, can vote. So, you know, she really should be winning this if she was running anything like a successful campaign. The problem for her is, is that in later primaries, and of course, as we saw in Republicans don't actually have that positive view of her. In those Iowa exit polls, she only had an approval rating of plus two, um, wow. which is really wow. not very significant at all. So I think she's accidentally becoming the Democrats' candidate in a Republican race, and I think that makes it very hard for her to win. Okay, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you maybe tomorrow. And see what we'll we'll see what the scoreboard is. We will indeed. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, James. And uh, Rita, you have some hot news. It's the top news of the day, sponsored by Goya. Here's Rita Cosby. Well, as you just heard right here on Cats and Cosby, we are hours away from the close of the polls in New Hampshire. 
And it's now a two-person race between former President Donald Trump and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. Trump showed up, by the way, at a polling site today and indicated he had never seen anything like it. It's huge. The long lines as people lined up to vote in the Granite State. The polls are going to close in New Hampshire two different times, 7 p.m. Most of them, others at 8 p.m. And we're going to have the latest tonight on The Rita Cosby Show. It should be one for the record books. Meanwhile, Trump's second defamation trial is set to resume tomorrow here in New York City after being delayed by COVID and flu concerns. In this case, writer E. Jean Carroll has sued Trump for defamation after he blasted the allegations that she said she was sexually assaulted by him years ago. And on the foreign front, Israel says yesterday was one of the most deadly days for its military in the ongoing war between Israel and Hamas. Upward of two dozen IDF soldiers were killed during fighting in Gaza. Meanwhile, Israel is pushing for a two-month pause in the fighting in exchange for all of the Hamas's remaining hostages to be freed. No word yet on if Hamas would accept that deal. And John, those are your Goya top stories of the day. And boy, do we love Goya, John. Oh, those beans, the best beans I've ever had. And I am honest, I, I would never say that unless I was 100% honest because I, I love those beans. They're great and great protein, and too, and delicious. They're real quality. Real quality. All right, let's take a break. And who are we coming back with? We go to Rudy Giuliani, who's in, in New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. We're going to get firsthand information on what the heck is going on in New Hampshire. Well, let's take that break and we'll go to Rudy. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back. We are, and we are going to New Hampshire because the polls are closing. The first round of polls uh, in about an hour and a half, and then the next one is at 8 p.m. So tonight we'll find out uh, if what James Johnson said is going to be a runaway race for Trump. I got a text from our friend in Washington, John A., and... uh, and he says 14 points. 14 points. Let, and let's see who, 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 who's right and who's wrong. Exactly. James said 20. Let's see. But joining us now is America's mayor, the great Rudy Giuliani, who is near Nashua in New Hampshire. Uh, Rudy, what are you predicting tonight? And give us a sense of how it is on the ground there, my friend. Oh, boy. That's, I mean, it could, I mean, obviously, New Hampshire could go any, any way. Uh, uh, if you want me to just make a prediction, I predict. Um, I would. I would say whoever said fourteen percent is about right. Uh, anywhere from about twelve to sixteen in that range, uh, it'll be a big. It'll be a big win. Uh, it'll be beyond double digits. Um, the real question is, how many independents show up that are going to vote for her? The last CNN poll, which is the worst poll for him. Had the Republican vote, just Republican, 67% Trump. That's even bigger than Iowa. I would say he probably has seven out of 10 Republican votes. But they allow independents to vote here. Yep. And and the independents are all different types. I mean, they're Republican-leaning, Democrat-leaning, independent, independents. Uh, there's a big effort being made to get the Democrat-leaning independents to vote for Trump. 
I mean, to vote for, for, for Haley. Haley. And, and by the way, Rudy, this is amazing. You know, um, I was looking at the numbers. It's, um, it's like a third, a third, a third. But the biggest third, it's 39% are independent. So that's why that is a big, like you said, a big question mark. Yeah, I mean, so here's what I think will hurt her. I, I think that, I mean, for her to win, more independents have to vote in the Republican primary and Republicans. Never happened. When John McCain beat me here, he had the lowest number of Republicans, and he still won Republicans by a few percent. And uh, so she would have to have more independents vote in the Republican primary than Republicans. Now, there's a counter pressure going on. The voting places I went to, including the one that Dr. Maria voted in, uh, had a lot of people out there with write-in Biden signs. The Democrats are making a big last minute effort to get their voters, Democratic voters and their independent voters. They want to make sure that Biden has a big number here uh, because they're afraid. If I mean, is, is it possible he's not on the ballot? He's got to get a write in. If He gets a small number here. You can try to explain it. And, and if Trump gets a big number, that'll be a disaster for them. So that'll in a strange way. That'll help Trump. Because it'll draw those Democrats, Democrat-leading independents have to make a choice. Do I go in and vote for Haley to hurt Trump, or do I go in and write in Biden to help Biden? That's a great that's point. probably enough. Yeah. That's probably enough to assure that they're not going to outvote the Republicans. And also, the effort to get the Democrats to, let's say, invade the Republican primary, the Trump campaign has made a very big issue here. And it's gotten the Republicans angry. So it's, there is going to be a, a big Republican turnout because they're angry at them. the Democrats are messing around with their primaries. So it's really it's really complicated. Also, I think in the long run, the Social Security issue, John, hurt her. You know, she's in favor of expanding the retirement age. And at one point, she said to 77 if you're going to expand the retirement age, you do it a year or two. You don't, you don't, you don't expand it a decade, right? No, no. You you, if you change around it, you do it over ten years, twelve years. Yeah, and you do a year or two, but not. No. I mean, seventy-seven actually. Uh, that's a pretty horrendous retirement age. Yeah, and I so mean, you, you, people, you, you listen. You, you, you no, nobody listen. I'm seventy-five. You're you're almost eighty. We don't retire. You guys have at least thirty years yeah, left, both of I you. Did, <laughs> but I'd like, I'd, if I wanted to, I would like to. You know, I mean, uh, by the time I reach sixty-five or sixty-six or sixty-seven, you should have that option. But uh, if you want people to move that it on, retire then, early, don't live long. I, John, you know I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Amen. 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 Amen to that. And, and the judge. Amen to that. You know what? Seventy-seven. You're giving away personal secrets, Mr. Chairman. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. But I, I'll well, Rita, Rita's about thirty. Thank you. Yeah. No, not I, yet. Not I was yet. At, I was on her thirty ninth. But you know the turn. Do you A want an interesting times. fact? Biggest turnout in this uh, century in uh, in their primaries uh, was the primary I was in in two thousand eight. Fifty-three point six. That was their biggest turnout. Wow! And their 
Uh, and they so they're going to have a good turnout. It's going to I bet they push 50 percent, which is extraordinary for a primary. Yeah. Remember, New Hampshire, I mean, Iowa was just like 16 percent or something. Well, that's normal for a primary. Rudy, stand by. We'll, I'm sure Rita will be calling you later on uh, yeah, after the results yeah, are gone. I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to be at the uh, at the event. So I'd be more than happy to let you know what's going on there. They, they started lining up uh, about 11 o'clock this morning to get into the party. Oh, oh wow! Well, that great. sounds great. Yeah, call. Yeah, let's talk later, Rudy. That'd be awesome. Yeah. You Rudy. could have a, you could have a major problem if they don't have a party. <laughs> right. thank, thank you so much, and God bless you, and stay safe up there. Okay. God bless you guys. Thank, thank you, you Rudy. Thank you. And, uh, John, I understand you have calling in now because the big issue in New Hampshire is immigration and border. And I understand you have calling in Senator Marsha Blackburn. What is today is Marsha Blackburn. U.S. Senator from the great state of Tennessee. And, uh, uh, Senator, uh, I, you know, I always considered the Senate the elder statesman of our country. And I, I am still disturbed that the elder statesmen of our country, the Democrats and the Republicans, cannot sit around the table and, and make a deal, especially on our own borders. Uh, why is that? I don't understand it. You know, John, I I think that there are so many people who are with you on that because our goal should be to secure our nation's borders and protect the sovereignty of our nation. And people are so perplexed that we have an administration that every single day they keep working to try to find new ways to make illegal immigration legal. It is their goal And they seem to be focused on it like nothing else really matters. You know, they've got to find a way to get all of these individuals into the country. Well, you know, over 100,000 Americans have died of fentanyl coming over the border, supplied to the Mexican uh, cartels by our enemies. And 100,000 Americans in 12 months that's more than died in Vietnam, Afghanistan, and Korea War. I mean, it just doesn't make sense anymore. And, and the borders, they're just, they're just, I believe in immigration, but we need checks and balances who's coming and going. Well, we need to know who is coming into our country and why they're coming. And that is why so many Americans are now saying the border is their number one issue. They look at those numbers of 302,000 people that came across the border in December alone. They look at the stats of 80 known terrorist watch lists, 80 coming into this country since the beginning of the fiscal year. And they're saying, wait a minute, what is happening here? What is going on? It is important that we secure the border. And, of course, under President Trump, we had a fairly secure border. In four years, he only had 11 terrorists that came to that southern border trying to sneak in the country. And you didn't have these hundreds of thousands of parolees and asylum seekers that are coming into the country. And this is why people are saying we have to secure that southern border and end this drug trafficking, this human trafficking, sex trafficking, the 
the entry of thousands of people from countries of interest, the thousands of criminals from other countries that are coming to our border. And, John, people know that this is happening, and they want to see something done about it. And they cannot believe that we won't go down there and put a barrier up, like Border Patrol has been asking for for the last 30 years, and make certain that we know who's coming in this country and why they're coming. Well, thank you, Marsha. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, uh, Rita, I mean... Uh, That's interesting. You know, a, the whole border issue is and People is are angry. I saw it in the faces of the people in Iowa. They were sitting in their diner, and they were angry about this border crisis that's created. 85,000 children missing. Uh, you know, a million people last month coming over the borders. We don't know who they are. What about fentanyl? Christopher Ray. Fentanyl. The, the fentanyl killing 100,000 Americans in 12 months. Christopher Ray says so many terrorists uh, that have crossed the border that I'm pressing the red light. Yeah, and he said there are, the FBI. there are lights everywhere. And, and, and you look at the numbers, John, too. We were talking, you know, with Professor Dershowitz about some of these people who have crossed. They're coming from Iran. They're coming from Syria. They're coming from, we have had more people. Who is paying for these people that are flying in from Africa? To cross the border. Right. Who's paying for it? There was an interview interview last night on one of the networks. They had somebody from the Middle East, and he's got there, and he's bragging, and he says, you'll be hearing about me. Can you imagine? How scary is that? This is the greatest national security crisis of our times. It is. uh, You know, the national county race. Tom Swazi, I know, he's a nice guy, but he's going to vote with Joe Biden. Yeah, right. on, uh, on getting the, uh, the you know the the terrorists in the country through the open borders. That's why I'm supporting Mozzie. Well, and you gotta support someone who's going to protect and our Mazzie borders. And Mozzie is a registered Democrat, so the Democrats are going to be supporting her. Yeah. The Republicans are going to be supporting her, and the conservatives are supporting her. You know why? We have she's to common sense. Our yeah, and we have to protect our and former she, IDF. She's from, uh, wait, she's I love that. Former IDF, former Israeli, Israeli Defense, Force. Defense Force. Yep. She's a woman. She's black. She's an African American. She's a doctor as well. And uh, uh, she's got seven kids that she worries about. That's why I'm supporting her. It's going to be a very close race. Yeah, why should it be a be, close race? A you got to be dumb. I know. You vote to elect. Uh, the border stay open. I know. Well, that's the thing, John. Last night, by the way, there was a letter sent by a whole bunch of governors, Democratic governors, sent a letter to the White House. I thought, oh, good. Finally, they're saying close the border. Guess what? In the letter, they said, yeah, we need help with the migrant crisis, which we all agree on. But then they had, you've done a lot, Mr. President, with the border. And I'm thinking, what are you kidding me? And never once in that letter did they they, say seal the border. They say we need more money. Yes, not seal the border. Exactly right. That's the failure well, of the he's Democratic doing a great administration. Job. He's, he's doing a great job opening the border and letting everyone that wants to come in, in. Well, Rita, yeah, and he I could mean, seal it if he wanted to, yeah. Chris. Let's to take a point. break right now, and we're going to come back uh, with Doug Show to find out he, what's going on in New Hampshire again. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. The polls in New Hampshire are closing um, in just about 
an hour the first round. There's another one at eight o'clock, but that means the big results are coming in, John. This is enormous for the How presidential race. How fast are going to call the race? Well, you know what? I was I was here during Iowa. Iowa, John. Thirty minutes afterwards. Uh, this one is a little tighter, but. It could be within minutes, guys. And, of course, we'll have all the latest here on WABC Radio. Definitely want to stay tuned to that. And joining us now to talk about uh, where this could be headed and what this means, of course, for Trump and Haley is the great pollster, Doug Schoen. Uh, Doug, we love having you on here. Uh, great political analyst, great commentator. Doug, your thoughts of what's going to happen tonight and what it means? Uh, put me on the spot, Reed. I'm happy. I think Donald Trump will win. I think it'll be five to ten point victory. And I think if that happens, the nominating process is effectively over. I think Nikki Haley needs to win tonight and probably win pretty decisively if this remains a contest, because her state of South Carolina is looking very strong for Trump. And if the best she can do is come close to Trump in New Hampshire and then lose in South Carolina, if she stays in the race, which is a big if. Uh, that's not going to be enough to keep things going. So to me, the odds on favorite is Donald Trump. And there's at least a 50 percent chance the process could end tonight. You know, it's interesting. We had Governor Sununu on the show last week, of course, of New Hampshire. And he was here on Cats and Cosby, Doug. And, and he said, it's interesting, he's lowering expectations. First, he said, Nikki needs to win because he's supporting Nikki Haley. Then he said, no, with us, he said, well, she has to come in a pretty close second. Um, you don't think so. You think it really is a win or nothing. The polls nationally are showing a huge Trump lead. New Hampshire, because of independence, is the best state she has really in the country at this point. If she can't win here, then where can she win? And if she can't win, she's not going to be Donald J. Trump. And everybody, we are talking to a great political analyst and consultant, Doug Schoen. Uh, Doug, we have Judge Richard Weinberg. Doug, good to talk to you again. Let me ask you this question. Shift gears. Did President Biden make a big mistake by avoiding New Hampshire and not going on the ballot? Well, we'll see tonight. Um, You know, there was a historical precedent, Richard, in 1968, when Lyndon Johnson did a write-in, won 48 to 42 over Senator Eugene McCarthy, another uh, Minnesota uh, member of Congress. And if Dean Phillips can repeat that, he needs, I think, to get 25, 30 percent and keep uh, Biden uh, around 60, maybe 65 percent. There'll be more weakness to uh, the president. I think in short, to answer your question, if I had been advising the president, I would have told him to go on the ballot. Yes. You know, uh, how much trouble is President Biden in with even it within his own party, Doug? Uh, we were just talking with Senator Marsha Blackburn, who was here on the show a little bit ago, obviously about border. Uh, you see the number. It is the number one issue. People in all are mad. Of the, they're pissed. Are they mad. are so mad and so nervous of what's happening on the border. Um, and then also, you look at some of the other stuff. Look at all these protests that are lingering. He's he's having a lot of issues within his own party right now. You know, it is beyond me. John, as a common sense uh, person, I'd like to think of myself the same way. We believe you take on problems, and I know you too, Rita, based on the problem, not the party. The fact that my party, the Democratic Party, is, you know, just, I don't know. Uh, oblivious to what's going on in the border is impossible for me. Look, 
I thought there was a pretty good deal to be done, funds for Ukraine in exchange for border security, perhaps not as onerous as Speaker Johnson, but pretty close. And I'm at a loss to not understand why the president and my party didn't do it other than some ideology that speaks of open borders, which is completely out of step with the country and practical reality. And, and Doug, the senators in our country, the Democrats and Republicans, are supposed to be the senior statesmen of our country. Why can't they sit down and say enough is enough with this border? It's hurting our country. John, I couldn't agree more. You know, my suggestion is if he'll come on your show, get Senator Schumer on and ask him. Well, I, I think that he would come on, but he would exclude that question, maybe. <laughs> He'll do a circle back socking. That tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. It is unfathomable, Doug. And, and you know what? I find it also disingenuous that now it's like, oh, well, now they're sort of looking at the border because they're looking at the polls, not because it's a national security threat. That's ridiculous. Now, let me say one more problem with the Democratic Party. Uh, it, it's how strong it is. Uh, you got Fetterman uh, in uh, yeah, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania saying he, he is he, he's going crazy over, over this border situation. You have uh, uh, Joe Manchin in West Virginia that is demanding more common sense. But listen, if if, if Senator Schumer calls for a vote, which way are those two are going to vote? They're going to vote the way Schumer tells them. Yep, yep. yep. exactly. Yep, exactly. that's the problem with the country. <laughs> They they got to be voting as Americans, not as Democrats, not as Republicans. Yep. They got to be voting as Americans, and the American people have to say that. Absolutely, it's a red, white, you're, and blue you're issue. All right, I couldn't agree right. more. Thank you for having me. Thank Doug, you so thank much. You, Doug, thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Bye bye. And uh, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless America. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.